Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Okay, what, what, who, who are we? Who, who are we? Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Southland Tales. Southland Tales. Southland. Woo. (laughs) That didn't work. No, not at all. I don't know why you did that. You know, gotta fill the abyss. I'm going to tell you the story of the journey down the road not taken. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. These are the sordid tales of how it all came crashing down. This is an epic Los Angeles crime saga. And you're researching your role? Yes. It takes place in the near future. Scientists are saying the future is going to be far more futuristic than they originally predicted. You're gonna have to wear a bulletproof vest. Shit, folks. It's Thursday. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Patreon. We just watched Classic, brought to you by Norm from Cheers. Mm. Thank you, Norm. Thank you, Norm from Cheers, uh, for telling us to watch... The 2005? 2006. 2006 follow-up to Donnie Darko. Southland uh, Southland Tales. Tales. Um, Yeah, it's the director Donnie Darko Uh and writer who went went on to make, what, The Box? The Box. And now I assume... uh, And then fucking nothing. I think they they threw him in prison after that. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what did you think of Southland Tales? Um, this is a, I'm very excited. This is a batshit film. Okay. Um, it's bad. This is a, this is a bad film. But you enjoyed it, didn't you, Tom? Not really. I enjoyed, I enjoyed parts of it, but it was... Um, I think it try. It's my God. Okay, it's like a, it's like a post-apocalyptic black comedy satire, and I think it tries way too hard to be satirical. Extremely hard. It reminds me of like American Dreams with a Z, mm-hmm. where like that like Bush era satire that feels so hilariously naive now. You know what I mean? Where it's like, ah, oh hell yeah. Look what they think is uh, scary, where they're like, oh, reality TV, and it's like, you ha- don't even fucking know. Uh, we're going to have a game show host president. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's so yeah. naive and funny. Um, that said, and I, I agree with you that it is a bad film. This, this is a bad film. This is a extremely bad film. This film yep. famously was screened at, it was screened at, at, at Cannes as a, uh, in competition for the Palm d'Or. And uh, was fucking booed. Uh-huh. They that booed this movie. <laughs> that checks out. Um, okay, all that said, <clears throat> I think I love this film. Why? I don't know. Um, how? How? 
Well, okay. Uh, here's here's what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's a terrible film. I'm never I'm never going to blame anybody for not liking this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the novelty of it. I don't love it the way I love a good film. <clears throat> I love it because I get to see John Lovitz kill Avon Barksdale. Yep, he does. He uh, 100% shoots Avon Barksdale. Yeah, every scene in this movie is like an actor known for being like kind of intimidating and then a bunch of like comedians. Like comedians. There are so many SNL cast members in this yeah. movie. Um, I also... And I, I, you know what, I'm going to, I told you, Tom, I, I, the other day I said I didn't really care for Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. And of course, no one really likes the box. No one likes the box. Who likes the box? Um, but I have to say, I admire this director's, uh, <clears throat> his, his quest for originality and for weirdness. This is a and for big boldness. swing. I will give yeah. him that. <laughs> and I really like sci-fi that deals with ideas that we don't really talk about um and weirdness i love weirdness and i love weirdness especially when it's a-list celebrities doing that weirdness Mm -hmm. having the rock in this film is a novelty and i i can't look away from it um it's like watching in eyes wide shut watching tom Cruise do a stanley kubrick film where you're like he would never do this shit today Mm -hmm. um Still a bad film. Never not going to be a bad film. Yes. Uh, way too long. But like, there's just like, my appreciation of it is entirely about the context of who's in it. So like 50 years from now, you know, like when, when people, maybe not 50 years, a hundred years from now, when people don't care like who the rock is, it's mm-hmm. really going to be bad. This you is know? Gonna, yeah. It's going to be real confusing. Um, <clears throat> but I, I like, I like them dealing with these ideas of like, weird dimensional portals and and yeah, like i wish i wish it was more more coherent yeah um, i wish it was better yeah it's like i i, I do I, know I, what I happened yeah i know what happened too but like it's the movie is incredibly hard to follow sometimes yeah also <clears throat> whatever message they're trying Who the to get across fuck knows it it's it's that where it feels like they're trying to say something mm-hmm. uh but it's not clear a, a good comparison i would say a movie both of us like under the silver lake mm-hmm. you have a director who came out with a hit right away yeah and their follow-up also got hated at festivals and shit under the F- silver lake did not people did not react well to it but we like that movie because i think we both easily identified what it was about mm-hmm. and enjoyed the weirdness of it yeah so i think that's what's missing from southland tales is watching it i'm like i don't know what you're trying to say to me uh that like i don't know why all these people are wearing business raincoats i don't know why it takes place in 2008 but is somehow extremely futuristic yeah uh, I don't know why Eli Eli Roth got shot on the got toilet. Shot on a toilet. There's a was that's he, that's a fascinating cameo. Was he in previous uh, scenes? No. Okay, that's what I thought. It was a real. Was that Eli Roth? Like, kind yeah, of he must have just. And he wasn't even really like hostile. Hadn't like cabin fever had come out in 2003, um, but nobody knew who he was when they were filming this movie like you wouldn't recognize him on site so this is purely just like they he must be friends with richard kelly yeah yeah i think so and then like that that barely recognizable kevin smith cameo oh yeah kevin smith having a standoff 
with the rock with guns Uh uh-huh is it's again it's all these moments where it's like i never thought in my life that i would see uh see that Mm -hmm. i never thought i'd see kevin smith pointing a gun at the rock yeah uh sarah michelle geller spooning with the rock Mm -hmm. um uh, uh, John Lovitz pointing a gun. A lot of things with the lo- the rock. Uh, d- fucking Christopher Lambert get like beat up by Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I know. We also need to talk about how Christopher Lambert was selling guns out of his ice cream truck. Yeah, he sure and, was. And ki- kidnaps Sean William Scott for no uh, coherent reason. I he's all right. <clears throat> shall we? All right. Shall we discuss the plot? Uh, we I can- guess. We can go through all I, these moments. I, I guess. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the the movie begins with a terrible nuke effect. Uh, and it feels like a video game or, or, the, origin. The beginning is shocking. <laughs> yeah. It's a kid's birthday party and then a nuke goes off. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like a, a camcorder footage. It's home video footage. Yeah. And then a fucking nuke goes off. And I have to stress that going into this movie, I had no idea what it was about. Had you not seen this movie? No. Oh my god! Okay. No, I've that never seen this happy. movie. That makes me extremely happy. And I also had no idea what it was about. Like, no clue. I am so happy. I didn't... Sorry, I should have asked that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I had seen this once, and I remember liking it, and then everybody in the world told me it was terrible, so I was like, oh, I probably was drunk or something. And then I watched it again this time, and I was like, nope, I guess I like it. I definitely like this movie. This bad movie. <laughs> this piece of shit movie um they he went hard for this movie too like they wrote three graphic novel prequels there's like a there's like a a a faux documentary from uh the the surveillance company and like a a 10 minute animated short film like oh my god he really thought this was gonna be like star wars or some shit that's the mistake right because this is i don't know how much of a budget this had not much. Okay, good. Because this this isn't that. It's it's a it's a surreal experimental film. I think Donnie Darko, like people must have known that like you can't make a film like Donnie Darko and and like like the next thing you make they must have known that wasn't going to be coherent, you know? That was going to be just as weird. And Donnie Darko is such a roll of the dice. Mhm. Donnie Darko works though, I think. Yes, but like when someone's in the business of making weird films, Mm-hmm. generally speaking like i think of um zoe bowie that's another good example is like high or, or m night Shyamalan. when you're making like high concept weird ideas you probably only have one or two before it starts becoming real bullshit or it'll be really hit or miss along the way right like it's just a real easy burnout thing uh w- which is why i feel like a lot of these directors are like yeah i'll do a superhero film fuck it because you just can't keep that up yeah and so you make something like Donnie Darko, it's like you'll you'll you won't be able to put someone in a world that weird again. Like that that was a lot of factors. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, uh, my point being that I don't know why anybody would look at the script for Southland Tales and be like, gonna be a hit. It's like no, of course not. No, it'll it, be a cult classic at best. Yeah, it feels like, and and he's t- he's mentioned that. One of his biggest influences in just in filmmaking in general is Brazil. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, that's that. I kept thinking about that. I was watching as I was watching this movie. I was like, oh, this is like Brazil but bad. Yeah, and Terry Gilliam also 
his his highest grossing movie was 12 monkeys yeah so like even terry gilliam who's like successfully done these types of films doesn't actually make money doing them no films but, but terry gilliam has made films richard kelly has made three exactly like <laughs> so i guess that's what i'm saying is that yeah, yeah there, you can't go right from Donnie Darko to Southland Tales and uh, expect people to give you the benefit of the doubt, you know, mm-hmm. to work with you on watching this movie. So, yeah, so the, the America gets nuked by, I guess, terrorists. It's just this terrorists. Is, and yeah, then we, we, is, we, we, go, we go to war with uh, 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 Middle East to stand. Like, it's like mm-hmm. every... every uh, st- stereotypical enemy of, of the United States. It's really, again, we're, we're talking about a time where, like, the Patriot Act was being talked about. Yes, uh, it, it, was, it already existed at this point. Right. So it's the, it's the like... It's, uh, yeah, it's very clearly... It's, uh, they're cra- not wrong about, like, police brutality, for example, but it's, it's no, a very, I, like... I want to talk about that, though. Yeah. But it's a very 2006 view of, like, cynical right. view of dystopia yeah, based on Bush-era politics. Right, yeah. So it's like Patriot Act, Hardcore Patriot Act, mm-hmm. every big war in the Middle East, yeah. um, you know, uh, Southern politicians, uh, like, spying, like, NSA-type stuff. And, and none of it's necessarily wrong. It's just funny that it takes place in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, so the, uh, this is, a, we're, we're, the movie is narrated by Justin Timberlake. It I feel sure like is. that's important to know. It sure is. He, which oddly enough, you could remove him from the film. You could. He's, his character doesn't matter. His character does not matter. It's about a, a boxer who goes missing. The boxer is played by. He's not a bo- <laughs> He's Wait, a th- his name, his is boxer. name is Boxer. He's an actor. He's a movie star. Yeah, he's a movie star named Boxer. <laughs> Fucking Boxer. I I was just uh, I, the word Boxer was in my head. Um, he uh, he's a he's the Rock. It's about a movie star who goes missing who looks like the Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets he gets like kidnapped. He has no memory and he gets kidnapped by like Marxist terrorists mm-hmm. played mainly by like. SNL cast members. Almost exclusively. It's Nora Dunn, um, Sherry O'Terry, Amy Poehler. Yep. John Lovitz. (laughs) John Lovitz is in there. Uh, And then there's... Okay. So that's happening. At the same time, the world, the Middle East, uh, since it provided oil, we like needed new energy mm-hmm. or something. I wrote the I wrote the line because some of the lines in this are terrible. Uh, the line is the war machine was running out of gas and there was no alternative alternative fuel. fuel that, that is, is. Yeah, <laughs> the, no, the, di- oh the dialogue in this movie is horseshit. Yes. Uh, it's got a lot of pretentious like there's like sections, but not really. The first section is part four, Temptation Waits. And then I think there's only one other section called Wave of Mutilation after the Pixies song. Uh, I, think they're all like, I think there's three. Are there three? But they don't start at one. No, they start at four. And then like this, this is okay. This is part of what's confusing about the fucking film. Because like you mentioned how it's not going to make much sense in 100 years. It didn't make much sense 15 years later because it starts yeah. with like a five minute 
news Chiron, like a news broadcast. It, it's because they had so much to load, to front load. Right. That but they're, they're just like, let's they're, just pull all this bullshit. Yeah, they're doing it as a news broadcast, but like there's there's a ticker running at the bottom and there's things running on the side that are trying to convey what the universe is. And it's just, it's simply too much information. And on the right hand side, they they have three sections um, listed as, uh, fuck, what was it? Oh, two roads diverge, fingerprints, and the mechanicals are on the, are, are numbered one, two, and three on the side. And I'm sitting there like, right. what the fuck is that? Like, it, it drove me crazy because I was thought I was missing something. Um, and then the movie starts and it starts on four temptation weights and then five memory gospel and six wave of mutilation. Got it. But, those first three chapters are the fucking graphic novels he wrote, the prequels. Got and it. And there's no way for you to know that. <laughs> no, of course not. I only know that because I looked it up on Wikipedia. I so think it's like he, the, the first five minutes of this movie are so confusing. He really thought that people love Donnie Darko so much that they're willing to do like work for the movie. Donnie like, Darko did. Donnie Darko did have a viral website. Right. Oh, and that's the other thing, is this is a little past the Blair Witch era, but it was still in the viral website phase of filmmaking, I feel like. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, like not dark, as much, like, yeah. Not as much. Dark Knight really brought it back, but then yeah. it, it kind of went away again after that. Um, Jesus Christ. So then, so we're, we're making, there's a perpetual motion ocean machine uh, created by Wallace Shawn. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the help of no, no, not Curtis Armstrong. He's the other. He's no, the it other, is Curtis uh, Armstrong. No, no, he's he's the senator guy's assistant. He's not Wallace Shawn's. Oh, is he not? I thought he. Yeah, he's the I one. He's, he the, he's for, the one standing on the beach with him when they give the press conference right, about the. You're right. He is there. He also it, goes and gets the rock later. So that's yeah. why. Okay, so he's just part of it. Um, there's generations of comedians in this. Yeah. Um. Uh. Jesus Christ. So so Wallace Shawn is making this perpetual motion machine in the ocean that's going to like create create this weird like energy field that'll power everything and they're going to show it off with a zeppelin mm-hmm. that's powered by it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's basically like a a wireless charger for yeah. for vehicles and and buildings and everything that just sits out in the ocean. Meanwhile, the the there's a there's a proposition 69 uh which i forget what the the actual proposition is um, it's it's like to defund the surveillance or de, de- strip the powers from the surveillance right. organization there's also a presidential election and it's all coming down to california which is very unrealistic but sure mm-hmm. uh so then so the also the rock is married to the senator senator's daughter senator's daughter so who is uh, who is mandy moore who is mandy moore yes (laughs) so they've kit these marxists kidnapped the rock and they're trying to make like blackmail of him uh he he starts hooking up with uh they they try uh, to make uh, like 14 different kinds of blackmail with him it's it's really absurd yeah uh one of which being that they um well he hooks up with sarah michelle geller who plays uh, Krista now, who is like a, a, like, it's a Paris Hilton type parody where she's like a porn star celebrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's also, um, 
they he he's researching a, a movie because he wrote a script the rock is yeah he, he wrote so it, he, he wrote a script with her in this in this fugue state that uh, that apparently yeah. tells the future yeah so they're also the marxist terrorists are planning a fake act of racist police brutality now which sean actually, william scott there, there's a but it turns out to be a double cross and it it's yes. a it's a real uh thing of police brutality but still to achieve the same ends yes it's very, i don't know it's, why it's, uh, because it's a bad movie yeah i, I think you're right yeah um so amy <laughs> poehler amy poehler and wood harris aka <laughs> avon, avon barksdale, barksdale <laughs> put on fake noses <laughs> yeah, they put on and do one of my and chins for no reason and do one of my favorite scenes ever i gotta say uh avon's got to do more comedy because that he was great that scene is pretty funny yeah yeah (laughs) when they're they're having a fake domestic dispute yeah right meanwhile so the cop is sean played by sean william scott is the twin brother of a actual cop that they kidnapped Mm -hmm. and they're using the twin brother to pretend to be a racist cop Right, because they they tell him his brother is racist, and uh, but he doesn't like remember anything. Yeah, and then we he's all fucked up. Yeah, we find out later that they're actually the same person. Yeah, there's that's well, I was getting to it. I'm getting to it, Tom. (laughs) Uh, and so he goes on this ride along with the Rock, uh, and then John Lovitz shows up as another cop, and then shoots Avon Barksdale and Amy Poehler for real. Right, Sean William Scott was supposed to shoot them with blanks, and they would have they had yeah. squibs that would go off. This breaks the rock. I love the little finger thing. He the keeps finger doing. thing he does is very funny. Yeah, whenever <laughs> the rock sees violence, he like kind of uh, uh, like he starts fidgeting his fingers. Yeah, in like, this very specific way, like twiddling his fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the rock is sort of like he doesn't have a memory. He's been with this weird Marxist group. He's trying to figure out what to do. On the same, at the same time, Sherry O'Terry bought guns from Christopher from, Lambert. Christopher Lambert, yeah. Uh, and then so Lambert is just driving around doing God knows what. <laughs> <and loose>. Yeah. <laughs> it is unclear why he kidnaps yeah. John William Scott in the end of the movie. Yeah. I also got to note John Larroquette's in this. And John Larroquette is totally in this. He gets his testicles electrocuted. Yep. Uh, by Nora Dunn. By Nora Dunn, yes. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! Yeah, it's a whole ass thing. Oh, and Will Sasso is here. Will Sasso is totally here. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so there's there's basically th- three factions. There's the Marxists, like they live out of Venice Beach, and they're like, you know, they're like like uh, they're caricatures, underground of, caricatures. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they don't depict anybody good. Every, like, every, everybody's a caricature in this. It's movie. part of yeah. It's part of why it's like, is this supposed to be a political message? Because you're just making everybody look silly, right? That's part of the problem. Is it's like everybody's stupid, and it's like, okay, so what are you saying? Yeah, what are you? I think I don't. I yeah, I don't know what they were trying to say. I don't know. I have no but idea what he was trying to say. There's that, and then there's like the <clears throat> rich politicians, which is John Larroquette. Um, and uh, the dad from Donnie Darko. Yeah, and they're and they're trying to get the Rock back because it looks bad, and they're trying to pay, they're paying the money for the that blackmail. Was, that was one of the funniest things about the movie. It was like I was like, man, remember when uh, your son-in-law being videotaped uh, having right. an affair actually would have mattered in an election? Right. 
Like yeah, that, and it now it's like who doesn't gives a fucking shit? matter. Yeah, Donald Trump got elected with like fucking seventeen credible uh, uh, allegations of of sexual assault. By the way, Janine Garofalo's in this film. Blink if you miss her, and you'll miss her. I was about to say, where where was she in this? She's like in the back. This movie got cut down considerably. I suspect I suspect she had a larger part, but she's just kind of like in the background briefly. It's sort of like uh, Catherine O'Hara in um, Dick Tracy. Oh, okay, yeah. She's like in one scene as one of the mob yeah. bosses and doesn't have any lines. You're like, what the fuck is Catherine O'Hara doing in this movie? Right. Um, okay, so Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, and the, and the third faction is like the scientists, uh, the Wallace Shawn scientists. They also seem to have, they're all kind of connected to this, this one, like the Patriot Act surveillance place um, that's watching the whole thing and kind of like mission control. Uh, yeah. And it turns out that the scientists are secretly funding the Marxist terrorists. Mm. So it's all like this full circle. Everybody's connected and they're all trying to get to the rock. And the reason we learn is that the rock, the, this, the, the perpetual motion machine started glitching the world. It changed the tides, which yes. changed the, it slowed the rotation of the earth and like some quantum shit started happening. Exactly. And it, it, this is the stuff like if this was a lobster, this movie, mm-hmm. uh, this is the, the meat that you could crack open all the horror and awful stuff. And you get this like little chunk of meat, which is why lobsters suck. But like that's this is like the nice little mm, num, 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 num. it's yeah. like, OK, perpetual motion machine created a weird uh, oh, rift thing in, in time and space and time and space. Cool he, idea. He loves that shit. Yeah. That's what Donnie oh, yeah. Darko's about too. <laughs> All of he lo- he loves the time and space shit, which is why I'm like I appreciate that because I think there hasn't been a good film really covering that weird shit, that good weird quantum reality shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so they find out that in like a random place in the desert, they like made a rift in the fourth dimension, and for they never they. Gl- they know they need to gloss this over. They send like monkeys through and the monkeys all die. So they're like, so we sent a celebrity and, and like, they don't really explain why they chose a celebrity. They don't. They just kind of say like, there's, there's a couple of moments like that where it's like, and it's, it seems like a parody when they do it Mm -hmm. because it's just, they're having this meeting with the rock where they're explaining to him how it, how it happened. And he says something like, of course you can't send a monkey through its soul. It's, 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 it's monkey soul can't withstand. Uh, cause Richard Kelly also writes a lot about religion. Yeah. Um, uh, is the monkey soul can't withstand it. And, And so they said, that's right. And so we reasoned that we had to do a human trial. And of course we decided to send, uh, and then the rock's like a celebrity and they're like, exactly. Right. And, they, and, and then they just keep going. A lot of this <laughs> film is like, I can't tell what they know is funny and what they don't realize is funny. Yeah. And look like in the very next scene, he walks out and confronts Bai Ling and it's like, you were there in the desert. And it's like, okay, how did you put that together? Yeah. Also that scene is fucking weird. That scene is weird. As sh- that, yeah. There's- they're like horny mad at each other. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then he's like, you remote detonated the, the thing and killed me. Who, ki- who kidnapped me? And she's like, you already know the answer to that. And he says, officer, whatever his name is, officer yeah. Taverner. And it's like, how did, where did he get this information? 
it probably is a cut scene. It must be, but like yeah. it, it, it plays out like a fucking spoof. Right. Um, it's so fucking weird. So, yeah. okay. So, yeah, that's what we learn is that Sean William Scott drove The Rock to this place. They both created duplicate versions of themselves. Yeah. Um, one version of The Rock got blown up. Yeah. And and this was all done by the perpetual motion people yeah, well, who are Sean. funding the Marxists. Yeah. And I think the reason they're doing this is because they actually want, like he says it, dethrone God. They're actually trying to break reality. I think it's the idea is that they're actively yeah. like take it all down. Yeah. Because destroy capitalism, dethrone God. Yeah. That's, that's repeated throughout. And Wallace Shawn's yeah. character is literally related to Karl Marx. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, they want to do this by the idea that since, so what happened is the reason they're duplicated is one of them went back in time slightly, creating two versions of the same person in the same reality. And as they put it, they're like, what do you think would even happen if they shook hands? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, one of those weird little science things. Um, and so it's all moving towards Sean William Scott trying to find his brother who he doesn't realize is actually him. Mm-hmm. And they find each other in the center of downtown LA while a riot is happening. Yeah. And they grab hands and they're in Christopher Lambert's <laughs> ice, cream truck. ice cream truck. <laughs> um, and they start floating up at the same time. The uh, Zeppelin is being launched. Also, Kevin Smith is there mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. He's, uh, he's like a hacker. He's like a hacker for the Marxists. He's in some fucking place, man. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's like a scientist in charge. He's in charge of all this weird uh, uh, multiple people. And um, another character who bought drugs off of Justin Timberlake, who, if you haven't noticed, we've barely mentioned because he just narrates it. He doesn't matter. He's a veteran. He's a war veteran who does weird drugs and has a music video in the middle of it. In the middle of it, he sings uh, not a Justin Timberlake song. No. He sings a song by the Killers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of those movies that wants us to know the cool music it listens to, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's fine. I mean, there's like a Pixies song in it. I like Pixies. Um, So the ice cream truck floats is at the same level as the Zeppelin. This character, because it's a ice cream truck filled with guns, mm-hmm. uses a, a rocket launcher, blows up the Zeppelin. Um, I forgot the dance number between Sarah Michelle Gellar and The Rock yeah and her that hair happens her, on the zeppelin her hair suddenly changes color and i don't know what that yeah. means they also seem to like the one of them has a dream that he's gonna die and there's this weird like psychic like i'm not gonna die and then they start obsessing over the idea that he didn't commit suicide because he's a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide uh, yeah. and they only introduce that in like the last 20, 20 minutes, minutes of the movie yeah. and then it ends on sean william scott also justin timberlake being like and Sean William Scott, the man who touched himself and I guess became the new Messiah, mm-hmm. is the idea is like that's that's what actually happens. He becomes the new Messiah by touching himself like his other self. And it's like this 2001 type ending. And then he says like, and he's because he's a fucking pimp or something. Yeah, because he's a pimp and pimps don't And I was like, himself. why are we calling things pimps all of a sudden? Because it's like, 2006. 
Right, but it's literally in the last 20 minutes of the right, movie. It's yeah, not like yeah. a running joke or anything. No, no, so it's no. like, and that's like the last line of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? What? That's a, that's a terrible way to end your yeah. film. This movie is terrible. You maniac. And I enjoyed every second. Every second. Oh, sure. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. His name's Boxer Santeros, by mm-hmm. the way. The yeah. Rock. They all have they all have insane names. Like they're right, all they, they all have these wild ass names. And that's a joke, right? Because the idea is that they make a joke that in his screenplay his character's name is Jericho Kane. Yeah. And they make it like a which is Arnold's name in End of Days. Oh, that's perfect. Uh-huh. So that must be like a joke and a, like a meta joke right, all because their names this is, are stupid. Right, because this is supposedly, he wrote a script that is all of these events. So yeah. Right. It's like this, it, it feels like it's probably like the way um, Under the Silver Lake is actually a meta commentary. Mm-hmm. It feels like maybe that's what this was supposed to be, but it whatever it was passed right through me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, Jesus Christ. Like, can you gleam any meaning uh, uh, from this? No, other than just pointing at these things. That's all it's really doing. It's like pointing mm-hmm. at celebrity mixing with politics, and it's pointing at infotainment, and it's pointing at like uh, 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 dark corners of the internet. But it's not really saying anything. Like it's it. I think it's like. <sighs> It like it's it's, it, it, it's like yeah the the Patriot Act is is the first step towards a police state and it's like yeah and so he's just like I guess I don't know he's just kind of pointing at these things yeah it's very like it's really basic cynicism I don't know remember that car ad where the car's fucking the other car I my God <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching that and I'm like. I don't understand what you're trying to say with this. I don't it's know an ad what where, this is. It's an ad for like an electric car that's going to be run on the perpetual motion machine and one car is fucking the other and everybody's like watching and it and it's not a universe where like that would be acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they make a, a joke where they're like, well, that's the European version of the ad. And it's like, well, you just made the world c- completely different because mm-hmm. they were they were th- th- these same people this like higher society rich people were mad at like the porn star and felt like she was beneath them mm-hmm. but they're making that commercial so it's like well uh, apparently sex isn't so taboo in this world i think it I is i think the attempt there was i actually i have no idea what the commercial means but i can see that he was trying to show how hypocritical uh, the far right is about sex. Sure. Because like they do. Well, what do they do? They but do a the thing where like right people in the scene are like, are like, well, that ad's kind of weird. I mean, like, yeah, they're not, the only ones who are I, again, no fucking idea what that commercial yeah. means. I'm talking about the scene where the rock shows up and sees Mandy Moore again. And they're like deriding, um, sarah michelle geller because she's a porn star uh and that's like right. you know gross or whatever but then like um the doctor s- points out that mandy moore is pregnant with somebody else's kid right 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 so but again yeah. it's just like uh, it feels like naive cynicism uh like the way uh, going back to american dreams the way it's like that level of cynicism where it's like, yeah, reality TV is the end of the world. Oh, that Paris Hilton is the end of the world. And it's like, we've always had shit like that. 
Yeah. Like that's not new. Uh and it's it's that level of cynicism where it's like it's like te- it's like when a teenager is cynical and deep and it's like, "Oh, you've only lived for 15 years." Yeah, yeah, you're, you're just now <laughs> like, you're just now learning about things. Yeah, it feels like that a lot because it's un there's it's like no direction and no focus on what they're trying to say. Mhm. And like really like low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um but I I think what it is is what to me saves this film is every single performance. Everybody is doing an amazing job as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh The Rock is killing it. Uh like like John Lovitz in that scene where he shoots Avon Barksdale. Yeah. <laughs> and Amy Poehler is so weird. It is weird as shit. <laughs> John Lovitz in this is stealing the show. Yeah, he plays just this this a this maniac, completely deadpan lunatic. Yeah, like. the scene where he goes back to Sherry O'Terry, who they're lovers, mm. and he like grabs her by the throat from behind and says, "Like you want to fuck or watch a movie." <laughs> <laughs> God. I laughed pretty hard at that. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's these moments it's clearly comedy too. Yeah. Um and so it's it's part of I it's both part of the problem and the reason like if this was played straight, I could never sit through this movie. Oh my god, I could barely sit through it. Yeah. When it with it being funny. And watching these people play ridiculously, like, out of type. Watching Will That's, Sasso shoot people. Yeah, watching Will Sasso fucking uh, overpower The Rock. Like, he, like yeah. he's, like, intimidating The Rock in that scene. Oh, yeah. Because um, they make The Rock, he's kind of a coward. He the is, Rock yeah. Is. And that's, I, I'm, as I'm reading about this, that's something he did specifically was cast people against type to sort of yeah. give people a different idea of what all of these actors can do. Right, and that's, which I, I appreciate that, that. Right, all that stuff around the film, the the kind of the meta of the film, I really respect because the idea of getting all these comedians to play kind of sinister characters, mm-hmm. to to look at John Lovitz and be like, let's make him kind of a scary dude, mm-hmm. uh, and then it kind of it works. It's like Rodney Dangerfield, the Natural Born Killers. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, fucking do this more. This is a great idea. It's um, so weird. It's such a great. It's it's just a a really cool casting choice. There's just a lot of like energy and good ideas behind making this film. But for the love of God, start with your script mm-hmm. and make sure that works. Mm-hmm. You you. By the way, this is two hours and twenty minutes. You can't make a two hour and twenty minute comedy sci-fi that's also surreal like it's just not gonna work Mm -hmm. because that's the problem is like there's these scenes that are genuinely funny scenes that are actually kind of creepy and then these like weird uh surrealist idea concepts and scenes and it's like these things it's like it's you know it's like mixing together the wrong ingredients for a meal you know Mm mm-hmm it's like, yeah, it just doesn't work together. It's it's gross. Man, he showed it at Cannes uh, with a 160 minute cut. Apparently, my God, so it was even longer. It also yeah. wasn't, it also wasn't finished. Like it didn't have finished effects. Oh my! And Why would you do that? Uh, Why would he do that? Hubris. That's yeah. why you do that. Hubris. <laughs> Hubris. 
<laughs> in the fucking box. Have you tried watching the box lately? <laughs> I've never seen the box, but now I kind of have to after watching yeah. this goddamn fiasco. But you see, you yeah, you see the heart in it. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. I also there, there's some problems with it. Um, there's some there's a bit of gross uh, misogyny to it, like a little bit too much testosterone in scenes. Oh, for sure. Like all that pimp bullshit. Um, the pimp stuff is so fucking weird. Yeah, it's so weird, and it's like, okay, man, and it, that's also like weirdly like, uh, like ableist, I guess, because it's like m- making people who struggle with suicide seem like uh, dipshits. Yeah, right, right. They're like, I'm, I don't fucking kill myself. Yeah, you know, it's I'm that not so. some dipshit. Um, and then the whole plot line of um, them having to invent uh a scene where a white police officer uh, shoots a black man. Um, and this is in 2006. <laughs> when they, when they, Here's, okay. That's like such a thing that Richard Kelly, a, a, right. a rich white kid who grew up in Northern Virginia, would write. It, that, that sequence is almost brilliant until we reveal... Because I had, I had misremembered that sequence. Um, I forgot that John Lovitz was in on it. Mm-hmm. That, makes it so, that makes it crazy. Like... Yeah, it, does, it, the, it just it doesn't make any sense, right? The idea that the concept of these two people trying to fake a racist police shooting and then being interrupted by an actual racist cop, mm-hmm. I thought was a good idea because yeah. it's basically saying that it's like yeah, no, you don't have to make this shit up. But then making him, but then in on yeah. it, it ruins yeah. that. It really it, it under it undercuts that. Mm-hmm. No, um, again, it's it's from a naively centrist perspective i think yes or i don't know if it is i don't know what this guy's politics were it i got the impression that he just wanted to make fun of everybody but it's that thing is the problem with centrism is a lot of the times it isn't centrist meaning that being like oh these marxists have to fake a police shooting of a black man ha 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 see i'm making fun of marxist too i'm centrist it's like no that's a right-leaning uh like yeah, idea that's right wing yeah. that's de- yeah that's denying the reality of police brutality yeah <laughs> um you're not centrist you're you're right wing and so it's it's that it's like trying to be centrist but not really ending up that way um but again it's it's sort of like it's one more thing that you can't inject into this movie is that he tried to be oddly political on top of everything else mm-hmm or like well i mean it's a political satire socio-political satire is that what it is i mean yeah that's what he's 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 pointing at politics and entertainment and media i just don't right, know what but the then there's also saying. these like these high concept sci-fi mm-hmm. elements oh yeah so it's it that's what i mean is like he he tried to make too many movies yeah this is too many it's, movies man it's it's the it's the 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 creature from the thing you know like mm-hmm. like with all these faces and teeth and stuff yeah where it's like you you tried to put way too many ingredients in your soup and now it just tastes like uh, a gutter mm-hmm. it's gutter soup that's what he made mm-hmm. uh but at the same time it's such a spectacle that i enjoy watching i don't know seeing kevin smith show up is just like yeah in, in, in some wild prosthetics yeah it's like fuck it why not um yeah i get that it's just it's too long for me to be uh, a movie that i would re- re-watch for fun i'll rewatch this every 10 years <laughs> <laughs> that's fair 
Yeah, because that's how it's been so far is that I watched it 10 years ago and then I forgot about it. And then thinking back, I was like, I think that's a good movie. And then, or I think I like that movie. And then watching it again, it is absolutely too long. It is not a good movie. (laughs) Um, But it is, I find it very entertaining to watch. The moment Avon showed up. Yeah. And I just, I've been rewatching The Wire and it was just like, oh, you got Avon Barksdale involved in this? Shit. Oh my god. That's Avon Barksdale. (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing scenes with Amy Poehler. It's like, I did not think this was even possible. Doing improv with Amy Amy Poehler. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Because I've only ever seen him play bad guys. Yeah. Uh, And then he has quite a career, but yeah. 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 I haven't seen much of it. Um, but yeah, again, that's that against type thing. Like, um, he's just doing this broadly comedic role. It's so it's strange. great. Yeah. His character name is Dion Element because again, no, we we still haven't really talked about Justin Timberlake. And again, it's because it's because he, he doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Did he ever become like a good actor? No, he's fine. He's good. He's good at uh, comedy. Like he's funny. He's funny when he shows up on SNL. Yeah, he is. He he isn't yeah he's not bad he's fine I think the yeah. I think the best he's been is the Social Network right that's I, I knew he was in something that was like that yeah that's his big he one. tried yeah <laughs> um and Inside Lewin Davis I haven't uh, seen that one yet Lewin Davis um yeah yeah he's in a fucking Coen Brothers film that's he's in weird. a Coen Brothers movie and a Fincher movie yeah yeah and a Richard Kelly and film. a Richard Kelly film. Yeah, he really doesn't matter in this film. They could cut him completely out. You could remove him completely from the film and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change anything. It's actually one of the problems with this film is you can't quite pin down a protagonist at certain times because there's too many like, like it should just be The Rock and Sean William Scott, right? Or and Sarah Michelle Gellar, but like. Oh yeah, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. But like, Jesus. I, I don't understand why Justin Timberlake is the narrator. He's just on the side like, I'm here too. And it's like, get out of here, Justin. Nobody needs you, man. No one needs you. What are you doing, JT? Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. You remember the subplot of the woman who puts the gun to her head? Yeah. And then he uh, shoots her. What the fuck was that? Yeah. This There's a woman working at like their NSA who I think is just crushing on the rock mm-hmm. and starts like feeding into his delusions and calling him uh, Jericho Kane. Yeah. And then she's like, meet, he thinks he's part of the conspiracy. And she's like, meet me on Venice Beach. And then she shows up, points a gun to her head. And she's like, I'm going to shoot myself if you don't uh, let me give you a blowjob. Yeah. Um, and there's some fun delivery to her. Who's that actress? She looked familiar, but. Um, I don't know. There's I, just a she, part- she looked familiar to me, too, but I couldn't. Like, I, I looked her up uh, on IMDb and I didn't recognize her name. Her delivery was very good in a lot of the lines. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, so, so is The Rock in that scene where he goes like, yeah. okay, we can get a room at the shutter. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite place. Like, the way he delivers yeah. it is really funny. It is really funny. But it's a weird scene. Right. And then, and then and, it ends with Justin Timberlake sniping her with a fifty caliber rifle. And that, because she points the gun at him, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But the problem is, like, I feel like there's... Each every individual scene works as a piece of like surrealist art, mm-hmm. like works in a way. If you showed someone just a scene from this movie, they would say, "Oh, I gotta watch that movie." But because like Justin Timberlake, for example, why does he recognize The Rock 
um, in that scene because he starts watching him. Because um, he's a famous actor. It, oh, yeah, you're right. So he just, so the idea is he's just like the beach security. Yeah. And then he sees her shoot. It's just very, it's a. Uh, it's, it's a weird scene. It's another uh, part of the, uh, the the stuff about the movie that's like weirdly misogynist. Yeah. And then of course that whole, that whole weird um office that she works at again they wear see-through business raincoats it's that's really strange yeah yeah and then that woman who's like married to the senator is working that uh main Uh, room miranda richardson yeah she seems like she's the villain but she could also be completely cut from the movie it felt like yeah she's not she does nothing for the film yeah there's a lot of like loose pieces Mm -hmm. uh that that are like their own bits and the same with the woman on the beach is like it amounts to nothing it's not clever right that all that bit does is here's what it does for the uh purpose of the narrative is she shows up reciting the rock's own screenplay to him to tell to tell him where he needs to go and it's like right that's the point is it not you guys like at the top of the movie you have justin timberlake tell us that the rock and sarah michelle geller have written a script that tells that that tells us the future it's like it, it's actually how the world is going to end and um, like, but so why? why why does he need somebody to come exactly they never explain that either <laughs> they don't explain that's how a, that happens i feel like Donnie Darko has a little of this in the box. The box actually, from what I remember, ha- makes the most sense. Probably um, because it's based on something and he didn't yeah. write it himself. But Donnie Darko has a bit of that too, where it's like you get the meaning of it and you get like what happened, but it always feels like there's like, I don't know why this happened. Like why? I also haven't watched Donnie Darko in a while, but like, I don't remember why he can see the little wormholes. Uh, or if they're actually real. Um, I, th- I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. We don't need to talk about Donnie Darko. That's a whole, yeah. that's a whole other discussion. But uh, it's, it's, a- it's the, it, the, the, it's much, much more clear in Donnie Darko. Oh, it's definitely more clear. I'm saying that this is that amplified a million times where like well, it's the also- characters, when the characters are like, you're going to die, The Rock. And it's like, I don't know why they know this. Right. And like, like, why she- does that lady is like, you got to go. And why did they write the screenplay that predicts the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I know what's happening. I don't know why any of it's happening. Yeah. And like the, the guy who shoots the, um, oh, actually this, uh, never mind. I know why he does this. Because he's actually suicidal. The guy who, ju- he's on the, he shoots the rocket at the um Zeppelin. Oh yeah. Well, he's about to get, drafted and in like yeah. they're in the middle of a riot and uprising against the the fascist state so he's going to shoot right. the biggest symbol of the fascist state with a no, rocket no no yeah i i get i get where yeah, he's coming yeah. from you're on you're on christopher lambert's flying ice cream flying truck. ice cream truck yeah what else are you gonna do launcher. yeah you're gonna shoot that blimp man yeah but yeah like some of the weird like and maybe it's cutscenes. i don't know that doesn't excuse it like the people seem to be magical beyond just the clone stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh I don't know. I didn't dwell on that so much cuz it's kind of like Neither did I. It's, it's, a, just it's that, a it's a magical universe. I um, guess, but sh- is it supposed to be? I don't know. I, I I feel like they could explain that with the idea that changing the tides fucked up a lot of 
that's kind of how I threw it away. I was like, oh, well, that machine probably fucked everybody up. Everybody's like feeling weird and having having prophetic of, dreams and stuff because yeah. space and time is becoming undone. Yeah. That's probably how it's where it's coming from. They just don't yeah. make that clear. It's very my, unfocused. My, my bigger problem is why did another character have to show up and tell the rock something that was in the script he wrote? Yep. Also, <laughs> why did the, why did the war have to be involved? Why is this a dystopian film? No like, idea. Because you could make this film just take place. You could you could get rid of all the futuristic lore. It could just be about a group of like terrorists kidnapping a movie star, um, the senator, the vote the perpetual motion machine that can all be in there without having to do this weird, like war overseas nuclear bomb thing. Cause that didn't, the world didn't look different. I think the point was trying to make it feel as, as otherworldly as it is trying to make it feel grounded and and contemporary because the Iraq war had just started. Yeah. (sighs) It was, it was meant to be, topical commentary but i don't i don't know what the hell he's saying about any of these things no i have no idea what he's trying to say yep this is like it's like zardoz where you watch zardoz and it's like i feel like they were trying to say something this this film was this i feel like this film was shouting at me but i can't make out any of the words and you know what this might be the rocks zardoz now that i think about it nothing else would be yeah it would be this yeah, because The Rock's going to, he's going to live forever, or at least in, until he's 90 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is um, definitely the weirdest thing he's done. Yeah, and I want, I want more of this. I want more weird-ass Rock. Mm-hmm. I feel like after this debacle, he's like, never again. Never trying that shit again. But like, I just, I, re- I love seeing The Rock in something this strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And he's like kind of acting. He's, he's, uh, he has a lot of really funny deliveries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's always good at comedy. Mm-hmm. But like playing kind of like a a helpless character was very interesting because that's something, you know, he doesn't tend to be in no, movies. No, yeah. So like watching The Rock be like a human mm-hmm. was kind of neat. Yeah. It reminded me of Schwarzenegger in um, that zombie one. Uh, oh, yeah. Sh- Emil? No, not Emily fuck it's a name it's, it's definitely it's, it's, a name. it's his daughter's name yeah um because in that one he's he's still like swole up but like he's like an old guy in that they like they like keep to the fact that he's old so like he has a scene where he fights a zombie and it is tough yeah i was gonna say i, I haven't seen it but my understanding is they just they kind of make it it's it doesn't matter that he's strong because he's fighting zombies yep also great idea for a movie it's kind of a boring movie but it's an awesome idea it takes place it's post zombie apocalypse when there's like there's still zombies but not many uh so the idea is like people are starting to live again Mm -hmm. but like they're like it's like bears you know it's like well we'll watch out for a zombie like (laughs) there's like there's like strays still is the idea Mm -hmm. uh it's a cool it's a cool movie check it out don't Instead of Southland Tales, go check out that movie that we can't remember the name of. Maggie. Maggie. Um, any more thoughts on Southland Tales? Absolutely not. This fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I would say if you if you see this on Netflix or a streaming service for free, put it on. And then if you feel like shutting it off, do that. Yeah. You know? 
um because i i i watched the whole thing and i uh i enjoyed it uh yeah why but would, also why you? yeah but also it's terrible <laughs> but also it's the worst movie i've ever seen yeah i'm giving off a lot of mixed messages here you sure are um all right well jesus christ uh norm from cheers thank you so much um you know yeah i, I suppose I've been, <laughs> I've, well i had been meaning to put this one on um this is one where i was like you know it's been a it's been a minute since i've seen southland tales so uh, you know i was gonna do it either way mm-hmm. um this was through our patreon which is uh patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed if you subscribe for five dollars a month we have exclusive podcasts like tom and jeff watch batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac. That Check it out. Is true. Um, we also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash game for the unemployed, uh, where you can get t shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. Um, we're adding new stuff uh fairly regularly. So check that out. It's check it out. It's fun, baby. Yeah. Was this anything? No. This podcast? Mm-mm. It this it felt like the movie makes such little sense that us talking about it is got to be another layer of gibberish right i'm sure yeah i think we really just exposed how little sense this film makes yeah how it struggles to hang together yeah uh whatever it's We're, a movie uh, i swear <laughs> fucking look john lovitz gets avon barksdale yeah he, like he just Jesus shoots him right Christ. in the chest omar was trying to do that forever <laughs> and john lovitz takes care of it yeah <laughs>